0: Betches Media presents.
1: Ha ha! Laugh funny.
0: Mention it all. A Bravo by Betches podcast.
1: We don't say that, but now we said
0: it. With me, Dylan Hafer. Hold on, check me, boo. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today I am so excited to be joined by a returning guest, one of our favorite OG housewives. Please welcome Ashley Darby. Hey, Ashley. Good morning. We were just talking before we came on. We did meet at the first BravoCon and then you were on this podcast. I don't know if you remember. It was like deep pandemic. I think you were at the beach house in Delaware. Yes. I think you only had one baby at that point still. It was. I
1: I had one baby, but I was <laughs> pregnant and no one knew yet. So it's like, technically I had two babies, but yeah. And now I'm talking to you from Minnesota. So we, we like to be virtual, you and I.
0: Yes. We will have to get you in the studio. Maybe, maybe next season.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. Are you in New York? Yes. That'd be great.
0: Um, so you said it, you're in Minnesota right now. You have been at many, many sporting events these last couple of months.
1: <laughs> I know. Call me
0: sporty Barbie
1: over here. <laughs> <Jeez>.
0: <laughs> how, how is your trip to Minnesota treating you?
1: Oh, it's so great. Um, it's really nice to be around snow, which is really cool because, you know, in DC, we don't really get snow. So I haven't had snow for Christmas for like five years. So that's really nice. And meeting Luke's family and his friends has also been really cool. So it's nice to meet with my kids. But aside from that, I'm having a really good time.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You So you and Luke met at BravoCon. That weekend was a, a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind for me. I can only imagine for you. <laughs> it felt like the energy there. Everybody was on 11 the whole time. What was that experience like for you that weekend?
1: Well, remember, you and I were at the first one, right? So Mm -hmm. I do have something to compare it to. So the first one was very similar. I think it was a little bit more foreign because people didn't know what to expect. Whereas this time, we knew we had an idea of what to expect. We were also coming off of the pandemic and not really being able to fully be together, a lot of us at Bravo. So it was just so electric. And when to say that the weekend was a whirlwind would be an understatement of epic proportions because... I swear, I mean, the fact that I only slept like two hours each night gives testament to the fact that it was really non-stop.
0: (laughs) And there were, I mean, the love for Potomac at that event. I mean, when when I showed up to that Potomac panel, it was like the last day, the first thing in the morning. People were run ragged by that point, but everybody was there in that room, ready for you guys, excited to see you. It was such a great atmosphere. It really
1: was. And... Again, we hadn't done a panel like that before with all of us together. And it's interesting because usually when we're together, we kind of like ignore the cameras, you know, so it's like there's this fourth wall. But at BravoCon, we were actually able to talk about things that we don't typically talk about, like things that happen behind the scenes. And it was nice to actually be able to engage with fans because what happens on our show is very organic and authentic, and i I appreciated that fans got to see that firsthand that like this is really how all of us are. Giselle and Karen really do go at it like bats out of hell all the time so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm curious, obviously this season, a lot of what you've been dealing with on the show and in real life has related to what's going on with you and Michael, and I'm curious what it's been like kind of to have the public reaction to that? Because, of course, you and Michael have been through a lot on the show over the years, and people have a lot of strong feelings. And, you know, when people are standing up and cheering for you not being together anymore, like, how do you, how do you handle that? Because obviously he's the father of your children. He's going to be important in your life no matter what. How do you kind of process that?
1: Well, I feel – I actually feel lucky that I – have had the experience of being on this show for six years prior to going through this experience, because I have had enough opposition, if you will, where people have disliked me for something I've said, or they've disagreed with something that I've said. So I really built up a tolerance for really just living my own life. And so while I appreciate that there is an outpouring of support, ultimately I do live in a bit of a bubble when it comes to my personal life, when it comes to my children, my family, my marriage, That all of that I I keep very close to my chest. And irrespective of the opinions that people have, ultimately, I've just learned, I've I've thickened up to just walk in, as Karen would say, walk in my truth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you guys, I think that's kind of the flip side of having such passionate fans is that when they love you, they go hard, but also they're going to tell it to you, Uh, They're going to your absolute unfiltered opinions (laughs) and like you can't always be listening to what everybody has to say on Twitter when it comes to your marriage, your kids, buying a house, all of this stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, the flip side, that's true. And the flip side of that is it really is an opportunity for growth. Like the person that I was when I first came on this show, I don't even know if I'd be friends with that hoe, but ultimately the person that I am now, I feel like I have more of the ability to like zoom out a little bit and sort of understand the path that some of my castmates have taken, you know, like going, th- when I first met them, I was, I was 27. I'd been married for a year. I was like, still, my boobs were so really perky and fun. And I was just flying by the seat of my pants there, you know? And then now, you know, I'm 34. I feel like it has a little <laughs> crust behind it when I say it, but <laughs> I'm 34 and, um, uh, you know, I now have two kids and I am going through a divorce, so I understand those ladies a lot more and it just has made me a little bit more sympathetic to, different people's you know paths that they take in their life and the choices they make even though I don't agree with them all the time mm-hmm. and I just I still gotta say it but ultimately I understand
0: there was there was a tweet that I saw over the weekend and you reposted it which really made me laugh it said no young housewife will ever compare to little miss menace 27 year old <laughs> Ashley <Darby."> <laughs> <laughs> you, and that's at the bravo life underscore so I don't get uh dragged for not saying it but <laughs> I mean, you were so you were so young. Like you said, you had only been married for a year. So I think people maybe forget that because it's like, well, you're all on Housewives. You're all doing this thing. But like, you've lived a lot of life on camera compared, you know, like percentage wise, you've really done a lot of your life on this show.
1: Yeah, a lot of my momentous moments. I mean, the only thing that really wasn't on there was my marriage, my wedding, but everything else like me having children the birth of my children all of that journey has all been you know documented and that is a plus like it's so interesting to be able to look back and see you know dean when he was like three months old when we first started filming season i think five and now you know season six i was pregnant and i literally gave birth during filming like it was just that's that's so surreal to be able to have that um to reference back you know and I, to even be able to look at who I was, I mean, the first time I met Robin, you know, the irony, and you'll see later in the season, there's just so much irony because, you know, the first time I met Robin, I got in trouble because I was humping her leg while we were dancing, right? But the table's turned, Dylan. And and when I say the table's turned, it's a Teresa Giudice flip, okay? <laughs> like, it's not just a turn, it's a flip. And I, I'm excited for you to see.
0: Yeah. The four of you, you, Giselle, Robin, and Karen, have really been on this journey together now for I don't know, eight or so years. It. How do you feel about the fact that it really is the four of you? No other franchise has ever had this group of originals stick around for so long. What do you feel like you have between the four of you that kind of is unique?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that ultimately, we still really care about each other. Like, even though I actually get a little emotional when I talk about it because, you know, like even when Karen lost both of her parents while we were filming the show throughout this journey, and that was a really emotional time for her. And obviously I've had my kids, I've gone through things with my family. Robin has had things that have happened. So we've all been together for some of these really impactful life moments that no matter what, no matter how much we fight, I think we just still remember that we're, we're humans. And there's like this underlying fiber of caring that unites us, you know, and I, I don't know if it's because a lot of us have dealt with things in the public, like this is not new for Robin, obviously, right? She and Juan had some public issues. Giselle had some public issues. So I think that because they have those experiences, we are able to differentiate and sort of put each other as humans first and then deal with our differences later.
0: hmm Yeah. And I think seeing like this season, seeing you talk about being kind of scared about parenting and stuff now that you're in like a different phase of your life and seeing Wendy kind of struggle with the weight of responsibility that she's under. It feels like all of you guys have a lot of things that you can relate to, even if you don't see eye to eye about all of your relationships and stuff like you're all going through this kind of journey of being women in the world with responsibilities and expectations and judgment coming from the outside.
1: For sure. And, and I do think that that maybe is the thing is we do try to focus on our similarities when, it, when it's really matters and when it's time, but then there's also a time and place to discuss and hash out our differences. So yeah, I mean, Wendy's stuff, oof, Wendy had me going when we were driving to the winery and I was hearing all the stuff with Wendy having her kidney stones and just like the stuff she was going through with trying to balance her job and her family. I just was like feeling for her so much, you know, which is another reason why what happened in Miami was so challenging for me because I did know that Wendy had all these other things going on that some of the other ladies weren't privy to. Mm -hmm. I
0: I liked seeing the way in Miami, you kind of stuck your neck out for Wendy and put your foot down a little bit because it did feel like obviously she and Mia had their issues and, mia's allowed to feel whatever type of way she wants about it but at a certain point it's like why does that mean wendy has to sit in this (laughs) little hotel room for three days we're all here to get this get this project done together like i feel like housewives always works best when everybody is kind of showing up and putting in the work so it's like yeah get get wendy to the dinner
1: well yeah (laughs) because it's like the elephant in the room like wendy came on the trip with everybody so why wouldn't Wendy be allowed to be participating in some capacity? Like, it's not as though she can be excommunicated from the group. You know what I mean? And I I appreciate the fact that Wendy herself also didn't leave because theoretically she could have made that choice. I'm glad that she was there and ultimately was given the opportunity to be a part of the group. And after all of said and done, you know, turn up in mangoes, you know, like, She and Robin hugged it out. I think she motorboated Karen at some point. I mean, like, there was just so much progress that was made. And I was glad that we didn't stay, like, you know, hemmed up just at what had happened at Peter's restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: I was glad y'all had some fun that last night because, boy, that trip felt like it was... I don't know. It did not seem like that light and easy breezy Miami to me for those (laughs) first couple days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely not a word I would use to describe that. (laughs) Um, But... But ultimately, and I think that a lot of the the ladies felt the same. You know, all of us at that point in time were going through some pivotal things. So I think all of us were looking at that as an opportunity to like really let loose a little bit. And I don't know if you've been to Mango's in Miami. And I I, I read a lot of uh, comments where people were saying how cheap and all this stuff is. I really don't care. It is the most fun, interactive club with the dancers on stage, okay, in all of Miami. So. Um, It was just what the doctor ordered, I think.
0: (laughs) I feel like sometimes (laughs) if you just need to let loose and have a good time, you don't want to be at the bougiest club with, you know, the best bottles and all that stuff. Like, you want to be where the party is.
1: Exactly. And, you know, all the girls appreciate some good eye candy. (laughs) And eye candy is in no short supply there, okay? It's like every beefy dude works at Mango's, okay? So... (laughs)
0: Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What did you think about the, the house situation in Miami and Mia's kind of hosting skills? Because that, I, I don't know, it felt, it felt like the vibes were off from the first moment. A little bit.
1: That was a little tough because there were some things that were done off camera. And I don't know if that was included, but there were some things that happened off camera prior to us even getting to the trip, like things at the airport. Okay. Did you Did you know about how we were supposed to have like a private service, like usher us to our gate and all this stuff? No,
0: I don't think so. Tell me.
1: Oh, <laughs> Oh man, I don't know if I'm supposed to spill these beans, but essentially we were, Mia had, okay, to her credit, Mia had gone above and beyond to try to set the tone for this trip. So she had arranged for us to have like someone usher us through security, take us to this private lounge, and then, you know, we would just be like golf carted or whatever it is to our gate. None of that happened somehow we got the most attitudey, moodiest man in the world who was not for any of our shit did he did not care one modicum about us you would not have known that man was an employee of the airport okay he was basically like another housewife okay and so he comes and he's like yeah what, what do y'all want like what do you, i mean it was just so and so this already was setting the tone for it was like mia who is this rude ass man like reprimanding all of us grown-ass women and then we go to the gate and it turns out we had to pay, so I had I had to pay. I paid for me, and I paid for I think Charisse or somebody. I paid to go into this private lounge. I said, I could have sat at the damn gate and been just fine." But no, we I paid to go sit and eat cheese and and I don't even drink coffee. So <laughs> yeah, um, but Mia tried. She tried, and yeah, the the it, it, it didn't start off on a good tone, oh, no. and then you know, obviously the house thing was just the whole thing in itself.
0: So. How well did you feel like you knew Jacqueline before going on this trip? Cause I know she had been around a little bit, but she made her presence known in Miami.
1: Okay. Truth be told, I didn't fool with Jacqueline prior to the trip. I felt like she was just abrasive. I didn't, I didn't know who she was. Like she just kind of like, it's just like, I kind of forgot she was there and then she would like remind me. But over time, I did grow to see that Jacqueline really was Mia's friend. And I started to understand their dynamic a little better. And I did I felt a little bad, actually, for how I felt about Jacqueline in the beginning. You know, the whole, like, who are you? Where did you even come from? I think a lot of us felt that way. But then, as you get to know her, peel back some of her layers, she actually is a really cool gal.
0: Mm-hmm. I imagine that when you're doing this show for a long time... Obviously, there are people who would like to be on the show, want to be kind of in proximity to your group. So when somebody new starts to hang around a little bit, if you don't know, OK, this girl is actually Mia's friend. You two are close in real life. I imagine there can be a little bit of like, OK, are you are you just trying to like get some camera time like that has to come into play a little bit?
1: Um, It definitely does. Uh, But I think that a benefit that Jacqueline had was she came in as Mia's friend. You know, that's always a little bit easier. And not just a friend. We're talking like, you know, childhood friend, having known her for like, you know, three decades. You know, so that that gave a little more credence to Jacqueline.
0: Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, we still have some question marks about (laughs) everything that's gone on in their friendship. But uh, clearly they're very close.
1: (laughs) Oh, Yeah. (laughs) They went spelunking. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody went cave diving.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Oh my God! On the episode last night, when we hear about you know maybe Mia and Gordon fooling around with uh with Peter Thomas's girlfriend, I'm I don't even know where to go with that.
1: (sighs) Okay, so (laughs) I got a few different sides to that story, right? So basically, I had heard I had heard a variation of the story from Mia, and then I heard what what Wendy told me of how Mia had hooked up with Peter's girlfriend.
0: Hmm.
1: I can't remember what Mia said now because we were very drunk. But oh, she she had a she had a variation. She had a variation. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. I feel like if I was I feel like if I was on a show like that, I would have to keep a little note in my phone of like, okay, on this day, Mia told me this. <laughs>
1: You know, and Dylan, I used to be so good, you know, but like, you know, 27. And like I said, crisp and perky and fresh. And now, like, I barely sleep these days. Like, things are getting a little bit rusty up there. So, yes, I think I do need to start keeping a little notepad. <laughs> you know who's very good at that? It's Giselle.
0: Oh, I believe it.
1: Giselle, li- oh, she's good. She she remembers. If she doesn't remember, she hasn't written
0: down. <laughs> she's like, well, <laughs> on April
1: 14th. <laughs> <laughs> No lines told. No lines
0: told. Okay, so, so you you saying that you forget stuff sometimes. I'm curious your take on at that last dinner in Miami, when you brought up Candice saying some stuff about Karen and Ray, and she seemed to not remember in that moment that she had said that. Do you Do you have a little bit of understanding that it's like, okay, maybe you really didn't remember or did it feel shady to you?
1: Um... Okay, to be fair to Candace, like, damn, that was a tough you <laughs> <the> Yeah, <Yals>, okay. <laughs> I mean, woof, okay, like that was brutal. So I will give her the benefit of the doubt that perhaps because of how everything was going down, the way that it was like brought to her attention, maybe, you know, that we all knew that she had talked about us on Instagram, like just disgustingly. Um, I So I'll give her the benefit that maybe she forgot. I also feel that conversely she didn't necessarily want to have to address that also. Like I, maybe she felt like it was piling on a little bit and she was like, okay, just give me a minute. But the only reason I chose to bring it up then was because I felt like she had been trash talking us so badly on social media. And this, and another example, Karen' is, this is also what she said about you. So I just felt like it was, Candace was just not being a, a member of a friend to anybody in the group. And that was just the time to air grievances, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, she really seemed to take issue with the way that Robin brought it to the dinner. Obviously the speaker was a moment in and of itself, but t- <laughs> to me, I feel like if you go on a public social media platform and you're talking about everyone in the group, you're not naming names. You're saying none of these hoes are loyal. Essentially. I feel like that's a group conversation topic because it's about everyone.
1: 100%, especially considering how much Robin had been writing for Candace with all this stuff. You know, when Giselle and I were discussing how our feelings of our perceptions of Chris, Robin was incredibly loyal and sticking up for Candace. This was also in the same tone. This was around the same time that Candace did do her Instagram live. So I do think it hurt Robin's feelings because Robin is incredibly loyal. And if you, you know, do something to like sidestep Robin's loyalty, yeah, she can, she can retaliate. And she had expressed, she had expressed maybe like two days before we left for the trip, she was talking to Giselle and me about how upset she was about that um, Instagram live. So um, I think that Robin felt it was the right time and the right place. The last night of the trip, you know, we were all together. It was just the time to do that.
0: What are your kind of how do you navigate social media in relation to the show and the group? Because I know, obviously, there is the whole thing of live tweeting, whatever. But I feel like when you're filming and you're going on social media, that's almost more dangerous because you're going to see them tomorrow. You know, you're going to dinner next week. And the whole point of the show is that you're hashing these things out. So it really does feel like it's kind of playing with fire in a way that's going to come back to bite you.
1: Yeah, so I, I agree with that to an extent, but ultimately remembering that we're still leading our day-to-day lives. So one of the benefits or one of the things about us is we don't filter. So if that's something that Candace would have done, irrespective of whether it was currently during filming or not, Candace is going to do what's true to her, right? So if she, if that's something she would have done to deal with the issue, that's what she's going to do and deal with the consequences later. That's just, that's just Candace. And, you know, the
0: consequences... Mm-hmm. Well, (laughs) you were, you were ready. You (laughs) invited Mia to, you invited Wendy to the dinner. You brought up the thing about talking about Karen. And then later that night, you were the one that was filming a little bit in the car. You, you really, that last night, you kicked it into high gear, Miss Darby.
1: (laughs) Me? Little me? No. What was,
0: so like, describe to me the scene in that car that you were there for, because we obviously got our little bits of, uh, you know, audio, visual, whatever, but we didn't really get the full picture.
1: Okay, first of all, I didn't know there was any visual. I didn't realize that you could see like up my nose, like, that's just so (laughs) so embarrassing. But, um, okay, so, you know, at Mangoes, I thought that everyone was fine. You know, like a little bit of tequila and some titties, like it seemed to be great, just what the doctor ordered. Um, we got in the car, Robin, me, Candace, and maybe Karen. There was one other person in the car, and one of them said something that was like so innocuous, okay? And all of a sudden it was like a match went off and they just got into it and Candace was crying and Robin was screaming. And honestly, I, I don't know if it was more like the alcohol brought some of those feelings to the surface, you know, that I thought had been kind of mulled over. But it was definitely apparent that there was underlying tension there. For me, you know, a a little bit of tequila just really does the job, but it didn't it didn't work this time. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean <laughs> i i think it's there was a lot of stuff i'm glad you guys were able to have fun at mangoes but you know clearly not everything was, was was quite smoothed over
1: no and i when i tell you that caught me off left out of left field like i just really didn't expect if anything i thought that we would revisit it later when we were all sober but you know hot heads man there was some hot ass heads in that car
0: hmm By using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's IBOTTA in the Google Player App Store and use code MENTION. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I feel like Candice, because of all the stuff that's kind of been coming up about... Chris and you know there's different kind of stories and pieces out there it feels like Candace is a little more maybe reactive this season I not that she hasn't been in the past but that it's like maybe she's not kind of willing to to play along as much this season do you feel like that energy has kind of shifted because there's obviously a lot going on we see in the coming up episodes that this is all sort of coming to a head with a a Sesame Street character I
1: guess (laughs) Oh, I resent that. Okay. She's a beautiful woman, but it, she really is. She's my homegirl. But um, I do understand that Candace would be defensive. Uh, I feel as though when she had so much energy for everybody else, discussing everyone else, namely me and what was happening in my relationship, that she would have at least built up some sort of like uh, tolerance or maybe learned from. That experience with me of how to address this conflict instead of like just uh, to me, she her defensiveness was unnecessary. I think if if two people at completely different instances are just trying to bring something to your attention, no one is like calling Chris names and no one is trying to demean his character. If anything, we're just saying, hey, this was a behavior that we think you should know as his wife and y'all deal with it, do what you want with it. It was not intended for her to feel like we were attacking this man's character to assassinate him. Like that was not the intention whatsoever. I think when you are in this position and your personal life, especially your spouse, is, is under the microscope, you do feel very protective and it does cause you to react. And uh, again, I personally, you know, having been in a situation where my husband did cheat on me and there was evidence and Candace did know this person. And I asked repeatedly to be able to meet her, talk to her, and was never given that opportunity. Um, I just think, like, if anything, I did her a service that I would have liked to receive myself. Mm.
0: I think also there's a difference between what you brought to her and maybe what Giselle brought to her. And then, for example, Mia saying, well, at this party, your husband was looking me up and down. And then we see <laughs> we see the editors are like, Chris, not looking at Mia, not looking at Mia again. It's like yeah. it it I get why it feels yeah. like a pylon, but also not everybody's kind of thing that they brought was equal weight.
1: Yeah. I mean ultimately Mia is <laughs> Mia, okay? There if there's one thing you can love her, you can laugh at her, but you cannot believe a word that comes out of that woman's mouth. Okay. I mean, she is just full of lies, but whatever. I still love her. She's fun. But yeah. Um <laughs> She's not a reliable source, okay? If she says the earth is flat, you really need to cut that (laughs) bitch off, okay? But ultimately, I feel like, especially because Candace and Giselle had such a genuine friendship, that she would have at least given some credence to what Giselle was saying instead of just instantly dismissing her, you know? Um, But yeah, Mia has said stuff about Chris for forever. No one really, I think like we all tune it out. It's like Charlie Brown at this point. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean
0: that that hot mic moment that wendy had talking about mia was it was it was pretty satisfying i gotta say it was like we know you (laughs) think that too
1: (laughs) i know you know and i think so when we were filming you know wendy was saying how she doesn't want to be insensitive because she's had friends who's gone through who've gone through this and what we tried to express to her was like no one was trying to diminish or, or take away from the severity of someone having a life threatening disease like that's That's not a laughing matter. What we are all talking about is I think she has some pathological liar tendencies. And that's all we were talking about at that moment. So I'm glad that, you know, Wendy's true feelings eventually came out and we could all address it. Like, it's just awful when we're all being fake and no one's like really saying what they feel. It doesn't give us a chance to move forward and actually address Mm -hmm. things, you know? Well, I think that's
0: part of what you were saying earlier about kind of what makes your group special and the four of you that have been on the show for so long that it's like, we do say what we're feeling. We have whatever issues and then we either resolve it or we agree to move past it. And then we move on to the next thing. It's not this kind of like cycle of, you know, bullshit that just keeps spinning around.
1: Totally. I mean, for better or worse, we all lead very uh, interesting lives. You know, everyone's going through their own thing at some point in time. So I don't feel like we need to keep dwelling uh, and, you know, rehashing things like just move on. Like, at least I can speak for myself. There will always be something. So they'll, they'll never get bored <laughs> being friends with me.
0: I, I'm <laughs> curious. What have you felt about having Charisse back in the group more this season? Because I think I think there have been some mixed reactions from what I've seen viewer wise. But I'm, I'm curious how you feel about it.
1: OK, I love Charisse. I have loved Sharice. Okay, we had a little tiff, you know, when I called her T-Rex arms. So we had a little tiff there. But overall, I have really grown to love Cherise, especially in the time that she wasn't on the show. She was still very communicative. We still hung out. We did, I think we did a Christmas dinner, me, her, Giselle, and Robin. We did a Christmas dinner a few years ago, just the four of us. And then we went out dancing until like four in the morning. So I do have a history with Cherise that precedes the group dynamic. Um, and so I'm happy to see that she's back in the swing. I was really excited and I am really excited to see how she shares her own personal life. You know, when we met Sheree, she was like getting a divorce. She was very emotional. I mean, girl was just really going through it. And now she's got her boobs done, you know, like she's feeling herself a little <laughs> bit. And I'm looking forward to seeing how she's tackling this next phase of her life
0: <laughs> absolutely um, and then speaking of <laughs> yeah. other people that have been in the friend of position on watch what happens live recently candace said that she would like to see Eskala come back into the group how do you feel about that
1: i second that notion i think first of all Eskala's style is like oh just unparalleled i don't know any other housewife i maybe marlo i think marlo and escala are two of the most fashionable housewives um and I appreciate how Escala was able to have different perspectives. And, you know, while I think Jacqueline was a little bit abrasive and how she introduced herself, I loved how Escala was very diplomatic when she talked to the girls. She didn't take sides. You know, she gives, she, she sort of gives like an outsider's perspective and then throws in her own opinion after. So I, I like Escala mm-hmm. a lot.
0: Okay. So you mentioned Marlo, your, uh, your castmates, Giselle and Candace, recently got to go to Thailand for a little special trip. And I'm curious, I feel like you're top of the list who people want to see on one of these girls trips. <laughs> I see your name all over. Who would you want to join you on an Ultimate Girls Trip if you were to do one? Uh,
1: you know, that is in the rumor mill. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping that that little birdie talks directly to Andy or whomever is the final choice with that. So this is what I'm manifesting. We're in okay. Australia. I have Teresa. I have Eva. I have Vicky Gumbleson. Okay. Yeah. I feel like nothing a little chrono light and, and some sunshine couldn't handle. I think we could really like get to a good
0: place. Okay. I can
1: help her see the light. <laughs> um, and I had, uh, I really had fun with Tamra. At Bravo Con. My mom has a cuckoo clock, cu- cu- cu. <laughs> so cute. And uh, do
0: you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so Minnesota. I feel. <laughs> Is it? It's okay. It's 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 good. We're really getting like good. Like you can feel the environment, the atmosphere.
1: <laughs> okay. okay. Good. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So I'd add Tamra and. I know that uh, Gigi Gonesa is not a housewife, but I, I love Gigi so much. And I would just love to see her like, you know, what she would bring to that dynamic. She's a little bit of a trap queen. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She is so fun. I feel like you guys would have fun together. Maybe you could like escape the craziness a little bit. Maybe, you know, smoke a blunt or something.
1: (laughs) Well, I actually don't do that. But I would definitely (laughs) sit next to her while she did. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess like when in Australia, right? Um, But yeah, I would like to see that. I, I love that we do... You know, like they're housewives, but I also love some of the other ladies on Bravo. You know, I just feel like there's just so many personalities that I would love to see meeting each other and interacting with each other. So hopefully down the road, that can be something that happens.
0: Totally. Yeah. Open it up. It doesn't have to be just housewives. We'll do a, you know, Bravo trip down under. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I love it. Carry some koalas and all that. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, Ashley, this has been so fun. Thank you for taking some time out of your getaway to talk to me. And I'm loving (laughs) the season.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Dylan. I I appreciate you being patient with me Um, and, you know, sticking it out because you really have been, you've been riding with us since the beginning. So I appreciate you a lot.
0: Absolutely. I feel like a few years ago, we had to get people on the Potomac train and then everybody showed up. And now, I mean... you've you've got it from here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you know, like we did come into a pretty established world, you know, with the Teresa and the Nini, the Mm -hmm. Vicky, the the OGs, you know? So I understand how we needed to sort of like show us earn our stripes. And we did, we've earned them. And, you know, we never gave up on ourselves, but it's nice that everyone else is finally seeing the magic that's in Potomac. Do you know what, Dylan? No one is saying, where's Potomac anymore either, okay? We gave everybody a geography lesson at the same time.
0: (laughs) <laughs> exactly and I love to see it and I always love chatting with you so thanks Ashley have a great one thank you Dylan have a good one thank you so much Ashley and thank you everyone for listening don't forget to rate review and follow the show wherever you listen you can follow us on Instagram at BravoByBetches. and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool Batches.